Hello everyone and welcome back to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today I am joined by the group CEO of Kim's Healthcare Group, Dr. Sherif Sahadullah. He is a highly skilled physician with over 20 years of experience in clinical medicine and hospital operations. Dr. Sherif is well regarded as a clinical leader, earning numerous accolades for his quality and patient-centered care. Hello Dr. Sherif, welcome to the show. Thank you and uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is all mine, Doctor Sheriff. Thank you so much for doing this uh, on the Socially Desi Show, especially during the times you know uh, that we have seen recently how the world has you know gone from bad to worst, and especially uh, in India where things are not going that great. I think it's a it's a uh, right time for this kind of an episode where we can talk about how uh, you know as uh, general public. as people uh, as cosmopolitans we can take care of our health uh, during uh, the whole pandemic so uh, dr sherif before we begin and talk about all these things uh, in the episode why don't you uh, tell our audience a bit about your professional journey so far okay great uh, so first and foremost uh, even though i am a group ceo of a international healthcare organization i'm 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 a physician uh first and foremost and uh i spent uh, most of my uh, initial years just uh, doing uh clinical uh medicine um mm-hmm. i had done my my med school and my uh, postgraduate training in in the US uh and i was practicing uh in the US and i uh came into uh healthcare management uh quite by uh accident uh it was uh, serendipitous uh so to speak i was put in a position and mm-hmm. uh, then i just uh uh went uh, forth and it was always been a balance of uh, clinical medicine as well as uh healthcare management um i was uh, working for a uh healthcare management uh company we managed hospitals emergency departments and other services uh for uh hospitals and uh okay. i spent a number of years doing that and mm-hmm. um you know primarily in the boston uh area uh okay. and about 5 years ago um uh, after 26 27 years in the us i i moved to the middle east i'm presently in uh bahrain uh i joined uh, kim's health as the chief medical officer uh for the group and an executive director for the group and uh, transitioned into CEO of the Middle East operations and now presently group CEO uh for the uh, organization uh we are presently located in, in six countries so India plus five other Middle East countries wonderful and uh, was this uh, you know switch from living in the US for 26 years was the switch a planned one or it just happened for you to move uh, to Bahrain Yeah you know, my my family had been asking me that you know question for quite some time <laughs> uh my my father is the one of the founders of the Kim's Health uh, organization mm-hmm. uh and although he's never pushed me to come back you know that that question was always uh out there um mm-hmm. and we finally got 
to a point where you know I was I was having a thriving career in the U.S. and I probably would have you know continued to uh, do so, uh, but then I would have missed uh, on an opportunity uh, that perhaps is a you know once in a lifetime opportunity to lead a healthcare organization and at the same time to be able to work uh, with uh, my father. Uh, so because of those things, um, we decided to take a a leap of faith, uh, so to speak, and uh, mm-hmm. I moved here uh, with my uh, family. I think initially it, it was a bit of a challenge, um, uh, an, an adjustment uh, for both yeah. my wife uh, and myself. Um, I had lived in the Middle East years ago as a child because my parents lived uh, in the Middle East, but and so I had had exposure, but it was a new experience uh, for my wife. Um, and True. obviously my, my kids, what I found is my, my children adjusted far quicker, uh, than I did. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. um, and, and kids are very, you know, adaptable that way. And, yeah. uh, they made friends and they got on with school and their activities. Uh, it took me and my wife, uh, probably a little bit, uh, longer. Um, you know, now we're, we're settled into life here. Work, uh, keeps us both, uh, busy. Um, mm. and so things are. Things are much better than the day I arrived when, you know, when I questioned what exactly I had done. Uh, yeah. But uh, we're in a much happier place now. Yes. And talking about that, uh, doctor, you joined uh, Kim's Healthcare Group in 2019, right? A year uh, before. 2015. Uh, oh, 15. Okay. But yeah. you were, oh, okay. So you were appointed as the uh, group uh, CEO in 2019, was it? Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, you know, taking that leadership role in 2019 and then just the next year, uh, you know, the world was hit by this pandemic, right? So you must have faced a lot of challenges uh, being a leader of the group of hospitals. Uh, I, I, I would, you know, uh, like you to share a few of these challenges that you saw uh, with respect to the healthcare management, as well as with the patients and general public, uh, which were, you know, uh, coming in for uh, medical care. Uh, uh, thanks. Um, so it, it was uh, challenging. I, I had always been involved in the India business, even when I was CEO uh, for uh, the Middle East. I was still involved in a board member for uh, the India business. Uh, but as I transitioned into the role of group CEO, um, we were hit with this uh, pandemic. Uh, previously, I was traveling to India and visiting our our uh, facilities there probably twice uh, a month. Uh, So uh, this was one thing that was restricted, but I think we very quickly uh, learned that a a lot of things can be done over uh, Zoom and uh, meets and and things like that. So we we had to adapt to working remotely and making that uh, effective. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And I think that is here to stay for in a certain way. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think we miss uh, the social uh, and, and even team building uh, that occurs when we actually meet in person. We're, we're always sort of at a distance when we're meeting on, on Zoom. Uh, yeah. And so I think that there is some benefits because we're not wasting as much time traveling. But there are some downsides to it that, you know, are perhaps we didn't feel as much in the beginning, but are becoming more evident uh, in, in not just healthcare management, but sort of any management uh, as we go along. Um, you know, I like to meet 
with our healthcare providers, our, our physicians and our uh, nursing staff and allied health, uh, just to, to understand their challenges. Um, and uh, while we do that on Zoom, it's, you know, it's just not the same, that, that personal connection you're not able to establish as much um, in, in Zoom. Um, from a business perspective, when I look at it, uh, you know, we were badly hit. I think healthcare overall was uh, badly hit in the beginning, and people who are not in the healthcare industry are a little bit surprised about that. Well, it's a pandemic. It's a healthcare issue. Why wouldn't you be busy as a healthcare organization? Um, mm. But you know, what we found is that, uh, one, because of lockdowns, people didn't come uh, to the facilities. Two, uh, because of fear, uh, people didn't come to the facilities. Uh, people with chronic uh, medical conditions put off seeing their doctor to a certain degree. Uh, and so for yeah. all of those reasons, the volume in our hospitals you know, dropped. So we were operating at about 50% in some places, mm -hmm. 70% drop in what we were seeing uh, before. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, in, in varying countries that, that hit us to varying uh, degrees. Uh, and we're, we're recovering from that. I think the Middle East recovered from that probably uh, in the fall, September uh, or so. Uh, and we started to see numbers, uh, you know, picking up for people mm -hmm. visiting uh, healthcare. Um, you know, in, in, in during that time, also we had to switch rapidly to being uh, prepared to take COVID patients uh, to our facilities. Right. And uh, it's it, you know it was an interesting mindset. You know, initially uh, people uh, also didn't come because you know we felt. A necessity as a healthcare organization to be able to provide COVID care. So in all right. of our inpatient facilities, we were we started uh, doing that. Um, and you know there were people who responded. You know why are you taking COVID patients? You're just going to scare away your uh, regular patients. Uh, mm -hmm. But as the number of COVID increases, you know increased, people were thankful, you know, thank you for taking COVID patients because they realize that at some point in time, you know, everyone is going to, uh, or, or a large number of people are going to need services. And now, unfortunately, because the numbers have spiked uh, again, um, you know, more we're, we're having to allocate more and more beds uh, to uh, COVID. And so that does put a strain on the, the providers, the doctors, the nurses, sure. all of our staff. It, it, it puts a, a strain on the uh, system uh, as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's why, you know, I implore everyone to continue to maintain those uh, the, the advice from our, you know, regulatory bodies, from our governments, from our health advisors about social distancing, mask wearing, vaccinations, because uh, uh, unless we do those things, we're not going to be able to uh, overcome the, the current situation. So you know, right now we are ramping up in terms of COVID and uh, COVID care. Um, but what we saw from last year to this year, um, I mentioned that you know last year there was a uh, high fear factor 
low number of cases. Uh, this year, it's a high number of cases and low fear factor. So people continue as long as there's no you know, lockdown as such, and that happens at various points of time. But people continue to come to the hospital now, uh, as opposed to last year, to get uh, their chronic care. Uh, they continue yeah. to uh, come for uh, elective procedures, perhaps not as much as, you know, before COVID, but, you know, people are coming back. Um, yeah. I think it's our responsibility as, as uh, healthcare providers uh, that you know, we win the confidence back uh, of our, of our uh, you know, consumers, of our patients, uh, because, you know, there's still a little fear factor out there, but we, we need yeah. to be able to demonstrate that both COVID and non-COVID can, care can be provided uh, with the appropriate uh, safety measures uh, that are taken because we want people to come in for their chronic conditions because if they don't come in for their chronic conditions, then they will end up in a, in a worse state uh, with one of their chronic conditions. Uh, and that will cause more strain on them and the healthcare system uh, down the line. True that, doctor. That's very true. And one thing that really changed, uh, you know, in 2021 as compared to 2020 was uh, in 2020, people didn't want to go to the hospital even though they had COVID, right? I think that at that time, the the strand, the variant of uh, COVID was a bit different. It was not attacking the lungs the way it, it is right now, right? Uh, but this year, uh, people, uh, you know, there was a quick outburst and you saw that the number of cases, they shot up in India, especially. And uh, there was a lot, there, there were a lot of allegations uh, in the medical uh, system that why weren't we ready for this kind of a issue? Or maybe, you know, why weren't there, there are more beds or more ICUs or more ventilators? So, uh, in your in your uh, you know uh, thoughts, how do you think we could have prepared uh, for this kind of an issue? You know, this uh, un- unfortunately, this lack of preparedness. You know, we've seen throughout the uh, pandemic. Okay, in the beginning, well, this this is a Chinese problem. This is not anywhere outside of China. And so we don't need to do anything to prepare. Uh, mm. Then, okay, it's a it's an Asian problem. It's only in Asia. You know, other parts of the world don't need to do anything to uh, prepare. Um, and uh, as a result, uh, we were all caught off guard. I mean, you know, in all fairness, we probably didn't understand. The disease, uh, the the virulence of the disease, how easily uh, transmittable the disease is now, even in the beginning, even and more so now with the uh, new new variants. So, uh, you know, we we haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime. So, again, it is hard to be uh, prepared. There were probably steps that we could have done in terms of. you know, restricting the flow of uh, people. Um, and, you know, certain countries have done a good job about that. For example, Australia, New Zealand, um, they've been able to control uh, the disease to a large extent by controlling the flow of people in and out of the, the country. Um, yeah. You know, in some ways over the last uh, 
two, three decades, we've become, you know, smaller and everything is much more accessible and we travel uh, a lot. And so this is how the disease ends up uh, uh, spreading. Um, so we could have been uh, perhaps uh, quicker uh, that way. And, you know, with each wave of the disease, unfortunately, it's become a, a worse situation. And, uh, you know, mm. I think being human uh, psychologically is okay. It can't be worse than this. Um, and what we've seen, you know, historically, uh, although we haven't had historically as much uh, data or this significant impact is often in a pandemic or epidemic, the, the second or third wave, if there is a third wave, uh, tends to be uh, worse. Uh, and so now in India, we're, you know, in this huge uh, second uh, wave. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the only way is to burn out the disease. To burn out the disease, the disease needs a host. Okay, the hosts yes. are humans. Uh, yeah. And the only way to burn out the disease is to prevent transmission from person to person. Uh, and it's, it's a balance because, you know, when we do that, we, it has an impact on, you know, uh, our well-being as individuals. It has an impact on us financially when, you know, we're not able to continue uh, life as uh, normal. So, you know, there, I understand there has to be uh, a little bit of a balance. Uh, but, yeah. you know, if, if we're willing to be cautious, if we're willing to take those precautions, then we can do that balance. But if we're not willing to take those precautions, then, you know, that balance is not going to work. And we have to True. go to extreme measures. And that's what a lot of countries have had to do is have much stricter uh, lockdowns uh, because people were not complying. True, true. And, and uh, you know, you spoke a bit about, uh, you know, the importance of holistic uh, wellness also, you know, in your uh, talk right now. You said, you know, it's, just, it's not just your uh, physical uh, health that you need to take care of. Uh, the mental, the financial, you know, everything is part of uh, your health, right? So, uh, Especially uh, uh, last uh, couple of months, I've seen a lot of talks uh, around holistic health. Uh, so I wanted to understand from you, what are the key aspects uh, to holistic wellness? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, when you look at holistic, we generally speak about our, our physical being, our uh, mental uh, health, uh, our spiritual health, our, our, our social uh, yeah. health. And so these are all aspects of, you know, uh, holistic uh, health. And in a number of ways, it has impacted uh, us all. Uh, so, you know, physically, I would say that in, in some cases, people have made uh, the best of the situation when they were in home isolation uh, and uh, bought a lot of exercise equipment and tried to get into a good physical health using their time uh, effectively while they've been, you know, working from uh, from home and having uh, more time. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, I've seen people uh, who have, you know, become a little bit of a couch potato and, uh, you know, just uh, sat around uh, with the remote control of the TV and, 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 and gained weight. So, you know, it's, the question is which side of the spectrum uh, are, are you on? So I would, uh, you know, Look at this 
make the best of the situation. I mean, it's not going to change overnight. Uh, yeah. You know, if you get the disease, you're going to be able to fight the disease better if you're in a better physical condition. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we all need to try to uh, get uh, physically uh, stronger. Um, and what often go un- goes, um, you know, under uh, is that aspect of, of, of mental health. And uh, it has definitely put a strain on all of us, you know, mentally. Uh, again, initially it was okay. It was isolation. Maybe we thought, you know, it was going to happen for a couple of weeks and months. But as it grows longer and longer, uh, it becomes challenging. That isolation becomes challenging. The, um, initially, we were productive from home, uh, but we've seen varying uh, fluctuations in that productive productivity uh, in the workplace uh, because uh, you know it's, it's a stressful uh, situation, uh, especially when the fear factor was high. Uh, not only fear factor, perhaps paranoia. You know, all those things have uh, an impact on our uh, mental health. I'll tell yeah. you a, a just brief story. Uh, one of my, my closest friends, he was my best man uh, at my wedding. He's a, a doctor in uh, New York. Uh, and last year, uh, New York was in, you know, it was in flames. I mean, uh, in the U.S., the New York was in the uh, worst situation and, and cases were rampant. The healthcare system uh, was uh, overwhelmed. Um, the hospital that he worked in, um, they were uh, uh, changing administration uh, into mm-hmm. hospital rooms and they were at 150 uh, percent capacity. So he was, you know, he was burned out uh, by all of this and he was overwhelmed by all of this. And, uh, you know, he sent me a message, which, you know, still brings tears to my eyes. You know, he said, uh, you know, you're my closest friend. And I just, you know, if anything happens to me, I know that my uh, family will be well off uh, financially, but I would ask you to look in on them from uh, time to time. Uh, and, you know, it, it literally brought uh, tears to my eyes. And it still does when I when I think about this and the subsequent uh, conversations that we've had. So he was feeling the mental burden uh, of the the situation. And, uh, you know, I was in a situation where it wasn't as bad, you know, where I am. Um, and so as much as possible, you know, I would reach out to him, I would talk to him, uh, counsel uh, him. And for him, it was a, a break from uh, you know, the things that he was experiencing uh, every uh, hour. So I think uh, it, it's important that we look at ways that we can uh, support uh, each other. Everyone is in a different situation. You know, humans uh, are social beings. We do not, we don't we, uh, thrive in social isolation. It's, it's our nature uh, to be social. And, and that has been curtailed uh, in the the present situation. So, um, you know, I can't go and physically uh, see him or, or be with him. Uh, but we've connected uh, again over Zoom, just connected over the phone, and we've supported each other. And, you know, he's in a better place than when I was 
uh, down. He supported me. So I think these are some of the ways that we can support each other and stay mentally strong. I think that's very important that we stay uh, mentally strong. I agree with that, uh, doctor, because uh, uh, especially during these times, if you have your friends, your family with you, uh, you need that mental support. So it's not just about the physical health. It's also about being mentally sane. And especially, you know, like you spoke about your friend's situation. You know, I cannot even imagine uh, the kind of stress uh, he might be going through on a daily basis where uh, his hospital is running on a 150% capacity. And yes, I mean, uh, New York, that whole area was really, really hit badly. I, I had a couple of friends living in Manhattan and uh, they were telling me that, you know, like the things were not going good. And uh, I, I I cannot uh, even imagine the kind of stress and, you know, uh, uh, things that he might be going through on a daily basis. So uh, I really urge to everybody listening out there, please make sure that you connect with your loved ones on regularly connect with your friends, your family, uh, and make sure that you support each other during these times because, uh, you know, like doctor even said, uh, this this is something that we need to really, really take care of and inculcate a habit around this, right? Doctor, it's more important for us to, uh, you know, start living a healthy lifestyle and make a routine, make a habit out of this. Yeah, I think uh, establishing a habit, establishing uh, a routine, uh, is very important. So whether it's a matter of uh, physical uh, exercise, get into an exercise program. Now a lot of exercise programs are available uh, online. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Get um, uh, connected with your friends and family uh, on a regular basis. Uh, we we used to play online, you know, quiz games with uh, family yeah. members in in India and in the U.S. and in the U.K. You know, we'd all get together and and, and do a quiz, you know, general knowledge quiz thing uh, online. Um, and so that that kind of you know keeps you connected, but keeps you uh, entertained uh, at the same time. Uh, also spiritually, uh, whether you know, you're religious or, or not religious, there's things that we could do uh, spiritually, either through prayer or, or meditation, uh, so that we have that you know balance uh, within ourselves, that inner uh, peace that we always uh, try to uh, strive for. So you know, make sure you make time for that, uh, so people are not commuting as much; they have more time on their hand. You know, spend time with family, uh, but make it, you know, constructive time, not just, you know, vegging in front of the TV. I think it's that engagement is uh, important with other family members, even under the same uh, roof, because, you know, we, we now that we're so dependent on computers, we just tend to spend the day uh, on our computers and, and sometimes even forget to engage with the person who's living uh, with us. And so, you know, have social activities, even if it's in your home or in, in your yard uh, with uh, members uh, of the family. I think the toughest time uh, to some extent has been for kids. Uh, children have really suffered with lack of social interaction, lack of, um, you know, going to, to school. And um, I think to some extent uh, this uh, has impacted their development, but kids are resilient. And uh, once we overcome this, I'm sure they'll, they'll catch up uh, very quickly in, in sort of some of those you know, 
developmental uh, aspects. Uh, but it's important to engage uh, our children and keep them busy. Otherwise, uh, they will just go into you know, playing video games all day long. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so there needs to be other uh, activities for them. So fortunately, where we are, um, you know, some of the sports activities are open. My, my kids go for soccer. My kids go for okay. uh, tennis. Um, uh, but they do, you know, they're, they're all musicians but, and they do their music lessons uh, online. Nice. Um, so they, you know, they have their instruments at home. Their teachers are online. Uh, with, and, and so they're still able to engage. They even played in some concerts uh, wow. organized by our, our music school. Um, you know, online. It was a completely virtual uh, concert. Mm-hmm. Different people, different kids uh, perform. Uh, so these are, and then you know, some of their 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 tutors. I know they do a lot of online school, uh, but even outside of school, we've got them uh, some uh, other sort of fun but educational classes uh, to keep them uh, engaged. So. Uh, Yes, that's a little bit on a device. And I said, don't spend so much time on a device. But at the same time, at least this is constructive work on a device as opposed to, you know, things like Fortnite, which I'm trying to (laughs) limit. But, you know, all kids seem to have gravitated to this uh, over the past year. Yeah, I think the key word here is constructive. And, uh, you know, even when I uh, speak to kids uh, in in our family, you know, uh, I keep telling them that, yes, uh, these are the times that you can't really avoid a a gadget, right? A a mobile or an iPad or a laptop. But the the things you do with that device really matters. So, I mean, yes, uh, you should play games. But uh, you should not uh, really, you know, be focusing only on games. Uh, make use of that device. Make use of the gadgets. Because, you know, growing up, we never had that kind of uh, the uh, the access to these kind of technologies. So, uh, you know, you have that access. So make the best out of it. I think, you know, these are uh, some of the... Uh, good things that you can take away from that. And I really like that, you know, you push your uh, kids for uh, physical activities and, you know, uh, extracurricular activities, performing arts, uh, you know, musicians. So that's great. I mean, uh, I love to sing as well. I play a bit of guitars. So uh, <laughs> I really great. like when... That's uh, great. So, you know, the, I, can, I can hear my son, you know, one, one's a guitarist, one's a, a, a pianist and one's a, a drummer. And so... Uh, hopefully at some point in time I can make them into a, and, and one sings, I mean, one of the, the, the pianist sings as well. So I'm hoping that Lovely. at some point in time I can make them into a band and that will allow me to retire. Uh, but we're probably <laughs> a, a little uh, away from that right now, but uh, I do hear them jamming in their rooms. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to hear that. Uh, you know, I'd still do allow them, you know, video game time because in some cases that's the only way they, they get to interact with their friends. They get on video games with their friends from multiple yeah. uh, locations. And so, you know, some of that is uh, is necessary, uh, but it's always good to, you know, have buckets and buckets of time where they're, okay, this is your video game time and this is okay you're going to do physical activities here or other activities so i I think that's important um and again establishing a routine for the kids now my kids are fortunate because they go uh every other day to uh school and we're hopeful that uh in the next month that the schools may open up uh full-time here but 
I know that that's not the case uh, everywhere and uh, in a lot of places. In most places, kids are completely um, online. So yeah, uh, we need to try to enforce that balance for the kids. And it's hard for the parents, especially when parents are, are both working uh, parents. Uh, but, you know, even when um, you know, there's one parent who's at home. It, it's it's challenging for that one parent who's home to to you know uh, dedicate all their time to the kids because when kids are young, you know, my my youngest had a real hard time adapting to the online uh, schools, and so uh, my wife, who was working from home, had to spend a lot of time uh, with him. And so, you know, it's, it's a strain on her because she's not able to get her work done. It's mm. sometimes frustrating yeah. uh, for my son uh, as well. Uh, so we need to try to get back to some form of new you know, normalcy. Now, it's going to be a new normal, and we've heard that term used a lot, the, the new normal. Uh, but we, we need to get to that point. I think it's essential that we get to that point of uh, what a, a new normal is and Part of that is getting the uh, kids back to school. My wife jokes and she cool. says that uh, school was invented by a mother. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're trying to, you know, uh, get to that point. So true, so true. So as closing thoughts, Dr. Sheriff, uh, what would you like to say to everyone listening? Uh, our audience, parents, you know, family, uh you know, the patients, the doctors, the medical staff, what would be your, uh, you know, closing thoughts on the whole situation right now? Um, I, I think I definitely need to do a shout out to all the healthcare uh, providers, uh, not only in our organization, but uh, around the world. Uh, we are, you know, we're here with you. We know your challenges. We know your uh, sufferings, and uh, you know, we're here to support you in, in any way that uh, we can. Uh, everyone's been working at more than what they're capable of or what their capacity is, and uh, and it's put a strain on them. And I think that's why we, as a society, uh, need to see how we can relieve that uh, burden. Um, but we're not out of the woods yet, even with the, the vaccine and. Um, I don't think I mentioned this, but, you know, vaccination helps, okay? Uh, and that's the only way we're going to overcome this. But vaccine, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you won't get the disease. You still, uh, It's still possible for you to get the disease. You may get a much milder form of the disease. It may be less likely that you will pass on the disease to uh, someone else or to a loved one. Uh, living with you. So that's why it's important to get vaccinated. Uh, but just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that the whole rules of social isolation and masking, you know, go out the window at that point in time. It, it, you still need True. to maintain those precautions. So we need to be continue to stay safe. Um, and, uh, you know, we will uh, at some point be able to get uh, over this. Uh, but stay healthy as well. It's just not a matter of staying safe. Stay healthy uh, while you're trying to stay safe. And, and that means mentally, that means physically, uh, that means uh, spiritually. And uh, we have to all try to work together 
this is a time that you know we as a society, we as a community, globally, we need to come together and see how we can uh, help uh, each other. Um, and uh, you know, if we do those things, I think that uh, we will be uh, on our way. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sheriff. Uh, that was uh, a wonderful and motivational, you know, uh, closing thoughts. And uh, even we, uh, you know, in Socially Desi, we urge everybody and we tell them that uh, vaccination is necessary. You should get vaccinated. I got my first jab last week. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, everybody uh, should get vaccinated as soon as possible. I know uh, we have uh, some uh, problems with the system where we are not getting slots. A lot of people are getting frustrated, but it will take some time. You know, we are a big population. So uh, at the end of the day, the idea is for everybody to get vaccinated. So please go register and get vaccinated. With that, uh, Dr. Sharif, thank you so much for being on the Socially Desi Show. You have been a wonderful guest today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I hope that uh, I can get my message across to uh, you know a lot of people. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, so that wraps it up for today, folks. If you like the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends, and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Dr. Sheriff on our show again in the future to talk about more on health and mental health. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between. <laughs>